oh, I have to do this. And if I don't do that, then I've somehow failed. And there's only one way. And it's, it's so funny because when you really take a step back or you start talking to people who are not attorneys, you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't even make sense. This isn't even logical. You are more than a lawyer. You are a powerhouse. Welcome to Powerhouse Lawyers. I'm your host, Erin Gurner, a former lawyer, wife, mom, entrepreneur, and coach. And I'm here to show you what's possible. So if you're ready, let's go. Hey, powerhouses. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited you guys are here today. So I can we just talk about the pervasive narrative in the law of there is only one way to practice law. There is only one way to do this. They start teaching you this in law school. I almost feel like it's an indoctrination because I cannot tell you how many young lawyers I have talked to who are literally just powering through. Like I've just got to get through law school so I can get good grades and get a job. Just got to get through law school so I can get good grades and get a job, just powering through, like not asking any questions, just thinking like, if I just go out here and I do what I'm supposed to, I'm going to get a great job and everything's going to be fine. Like all this pressure and anxiety I feel in this new profession is going to be alleviated once I get a good job and I'm in here actually like doing the thing. That is not True, because we haven't asked ourselves any questions about what we're doing, why we're here, what we want it to look like. We've just been doing what everybody else told us that we should do. And our next guest is such a perfect example of just kicking that mindset to the curb of saying, yes, there is a different and better way. And you know how you figure out how that there's a different and better way is surrounding yourself with community. And that might be podcasts just like this podcast that you're listening to right now that shares stories of other lawyers who are practicing law differently, who are doing it a different way, the mindset that it took for them to do that, how they did it, the connections that they had to make. There's so much information in just a podcast like this, not even a lunch meeting, but just listening to a podcast like this can fill your mind with the possibility that it just doesn't have to be one way. I don't know many other professions. Like when I talk to people who are not lawyers and the guests and I talk about this in the podcast, but when you're talking to non-lawyers about like, well, I don't have any other choice. Like this is just the way, like I have to have this job in the firm and, and make this much money. And this has to be the title. And they're looking at you going, well, why? I mean, there's so many other ways that you could slice this apple. Like you don't, you don't have to do it this way, but in our mind we do. And so this interview is just, I think, such a great reminder to anyone who is listening to this podcast right now, who may be sitting, maybe you're a brand new lawyer. Maybe you've been practicing for 10 or 15 years. Who knows? Maybe you're not even a lawyer and you're listening to this podcast and you're like, I am stuck. I do not have, but I don't have any other choice. Like, this is it. What are my other options? Yeah, I could want to do X, but I mean, that's not going to happen. How is that even possible? Listen in to our next guest because it is always possible. Anything is possible. You have the opportunity to choose again every single day. It's about a mindset shift around what's possible for your life. Because if you listen to the negative thoughts in your mind, your mind is going to tell you a lot of BS that's not true. It's a mindset shift and it's starting to take new inspired action towards the life that you actually want and asking yourself good questions poignant questions and actually 
answering them truthfully. The quality of the questions that you ask yourself reflects the quality of your life. I truly believe that. And our next guest is a perfect example of that. In fact, she's flourishing on her own. Her law firm's name is Flourish. So listen to our next guest. She's very awesome. And I know that you will be inspired by her story. Hey, powerhouses. Welcome back to the show. I'm so excited that you guys are here and I am thrilled to welcome our next guest. We have become fast friends online and had a fun Zoom chat and I cannot, I just told her I couldn't wait to bring her on the show. And here she is, my friend Lauren Klein, who is the co-owner of the Flourish Law Group. She has an extensive 12-year legal career that includes working with the largest private wealth services group in the U.S., and a big four accounting firm. A South Florida local, Lauren has focused her career on working with families on their estate and tax planning, including preparation of wills, trusts, and other important estate planning documents, probate administration, elder law, international tax planning, special needs trusts, and more. She is also the founder of the Law School Blueprint, a mindset and success coaching program, and also the host of the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. I love that name so much. She lives in Fort Lauderdale with her husband, two precious boys, and loves to travel, loves all things food and reading, and she's very much a kindred spirit. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Oh, thank you, Erin. I'm so excited to be on. I really am. And I I was like, I want to get this on before. I want to talk to you before the holidays, even though I told myself I wouldn't really work this week. I was like, no, I have to talk to Erin. This isn't work. This is fun. (laughs) I know. That's what I thought, too. I was like, I was just telling my little girl, I was like, I have got two podcasts to record today with two awesome women. Like, and if it was anybody else, I would be like, should I have said no when I said yes? But I'm like, no, I freaking love these women. I'm so excited to chit chat. I don't get to go out and have lunch with you today. So we're just going to talk on the podcast instead. So there we have it. I love it. I love it. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Awesome. Okay, Lauren. So take us back to the beginning. Why did you go to law school and talk to us about coming full circle with Flourish uh, Flourish Law Group and um, your podcast and all of these amazing things that you have going on? Oh my gosh, law school. So I kind of went to law school on a little bit of a whim. I was in undergrad. I was a finance major. I was interning at Merrill Lynch right when the economy was just tanking. And I remember I actually got to see the brokers panicking and freaking out. And one of the brokers I was interning for actually returned. He just bought a brand new BMW. He sent it back. He's like, I can't, I can't deal with this. I, the, the world is like imploding right now. So they told me, they're like, you should probably do something else for a little bit while we figure out what's going on with this economy. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go to law school. That's kind of always something I had thought I might do. Um, So I ended up in law school, didn't know if I would practice, just figured I would bide my time, take my three years, see what happened in the world. Um, And then along the way, because I really, I was like, do I want to do real estate? I really didn't know. And I took a business associations class, you know, corporations, partnerships, all that stuff. And the, one of the, the professors who taught the, the professor who taught the class was the tax professor. And he's like, you really get this stuff. You should definitely take one of my tax classes. And I was like, oh, no, no, that sounds awful. And he wanted me to take it in the summer. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to go work for a judge. We're not doing tax over the summer. <laughs> not happening. That does actually not sound like fun at all. <laughs> no, no. I mean, now for me, now that I know that I'm a tax nerd, but I didn't know I was. <laughs> so, 
He convinced me to take it in the fall. I took it. I loved it. I, just something clicked with the way the tax code in my brain works. I was very surprised by it. Um, and I loved it. And so I, I ended up taking, you know, all the tax classes, getting a tax LLM and joining one of the big four accounting firms right out of law school. So how was that experience for you? Because obviously um, I've heard, I've talked to a lot Obviously, we talk to a lot of lawyers on this show, but ironically, I also talk to a lot of people in the finance world, um, women particularly in the finance world, and they seem to have a lot of the same pain points that we do and have had as female lawyers. So you obviously you worked for one of the big four accounting firms, one of the largest private wealth groups in the US. So I would love for you to speak to that a little bit. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah, yeah, it was it was. It was painful. I mean, there's been a lot of pain points along the way. For me, the accounting firm, it just I realized very quickly at public accounting and I just do not mix. They didn't know what to do with me. I didn't know what to do with them. They wanted me to know Excel. I'm like, look, guys, <laughs> I don't know Excel. I went to law school. So I, I quickly pivoted into private practice and ultimately made it to one of the, you know, the big law firms. And there were a lot of pain points. There was a lot of times that as a woman, I, I really felt very alone. There were not many women around me. Luckily, towards the end of my tenure at, at Holland and Knight, I did have a really great colleague who we kind of paired up and, you know, were each other's allies. But it was it was tough. And I have to tell you, it got really, really tough after I had kids. That was the biggest shift that I noticed and the biggest kind of wake up call. I think I had kind of coasted a little bit thinking, oh, this is this is no big deal. It's fine. I kind of pushed away any bias that maybe there and it was definitely happening. But I was able to kind of overlook it and kind of push it away until I had kids. That's when I was like, oh gosh, this is this is strange. And I talked to a lot of women, especially now as a firm owner and estate planning, a lot I talked to a lot of women in finance and they're in the same boat for sure. Yeah. That was absolutely the biggest identity shift for me as a woman in law when I became a mom. I mean, really, that's when everything shifted for me as well. I mean, I, I always say like I left the office one day and I came back from maternity leave a completely different person. Like I was not the same woman that walked out of the doors before I had the baby. And then, then you're no longer aligned with what seemed okay and right before. So how did you end up reconciling that? Obviously, you've come full circle and you have your own practice now. So talk to us a little bit about reconciling that as a mom and as a lawyer. It was tough, it, especially in the beginning when I first came back. You are so right, Erin. I came back a different person. I came back a different person and I feel like the people that I worked with looked at me as a different person. I think it was a little bit on both sides. I had changed. My priorities had shifted. I still loved being an attorney and I, I wanted to go back and practice. That was, I'd never even considered not going back into the practice of law um, because I really enjoy it, but it was just, it was just this weird, strange shift. And so I was really grateful that I had started doing my own mindset work back, back when I started at the firm. So I was at a boutique firm before the big law firm and I was very, I was already stressed out. I felt like I was constantly waking up and immediately checking emails and just constantly my nervous system was just really out, out of whack. And I felt very anxious all the time. And like, there was never enough time. So before children, before I joined the big firm, I started doing a lot of work around who do I actually want to be? How do I want my practice? What do I want my practice to look like? What are my goals? You know, I kind of got off the hamster wheel and said, okay, everyone has 
everyone's going in one direction. Is that the direction I want to go? Do I want to treat my law practice like everyone else? And I had already started doing that work um, before children. So I think having that, already having those tools of dreaming big and thinking about who I actually wanted to be and being intentional about my goals and my finances. I think all of that really set me up for when I had kids and the shift happened with my colleagues. I was able to, it it still stung. It hurt. Um, Especially because I had, before I had children, I was like the rock star associate, you know, and then it was like this weird shift. I'm like, but I'm still me. You know, I have a baby now and yes, maybe some things have changed a little bit, but I'm still the same attorney. You know what I mean? So I think having had started, I started to do that work ahead of time and that really helped because I was able to quickly kind of shift away from the negativity and say, okay, what do I care about? What are my priorities? Is this, and is this still working for me? And if it's not working for me, then I can do something about that. I'm not stuck. And that was huge. And that's so important. Really, it is really hard. I think the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves reflect the quality of our lives. And so often as young lawyers and just, you know, young adults, right? Like in this world, trying to figure out who we are and what we want, we don't ask ourselves these questions, especially in the legal field when the the concept is to just push as hard as you can and go as fast as you can to the top. No one's asking you any questions about who you are and what you want and what do you like to do? Like what feels good? What do you want your practice to look like? Like nobody's asking any of any of those questions. And I just think it's so important. And I love that you point that out, that you started asking yourself those questions. And for anyone who's listening to this and finds themselves sitting in their office, one feeling stuck and feeling like you don't have a choice. Cause I hear so many lawyers be like, well, what am I going to do? Like, that's not even possible. Like I can't even like, I can't want that. I can't dream that I can't be that yeah, you can, you have to change your mindset and you have to start taking different actions. So um, I just think that's so important and that you were doing that before kids, because I would have loved to have had that knowledge early on. I would just like to shout that out to all the young attorneys, please, please listen, because you're going to have to do it eventually, because eventually you're going to hit your head against the wall. So um, that's really, so how did that go from you? Did you leave big law and then go straight into your own practice? I did. So I left big law earlier this year, 2023. Um, It was actually almost exactly a year ago, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. I I had been thinking about it for a long time and wondering when the right time was. And and I I knew ultimately a big law firm, a big company, just it wasn't the right fit for me personality wise. And I just have so many goals outside of law that I want to be able to choose maybe one year I'm 80% law, 20% other you know, family or other businesses or whatever percentages I want to choose. So I knew it wasn't really going to be for me in the long run. So it was, it was a long time coming, but last year, January 1st, I'm sitting there, that's my birthday. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Nope, it's time. The time has come. And so I, I left big law. I took about a month sabbatical, not, not very long, but enough time to just kind of decompress and think about where I was going and take a little time to myself and just, you know, I've been going and going and going since undergrad. So I was like, let me just take a little break. And then I immediately started the firm, quickly got a lot of clients and then brought on a partner. Two months, two months in a good friend of mine, I was like, you need to join me. This is this is going well. And we might as well make our friendship tax deductible. You know, (laughs) 
Oh my God, Lauren, that is like a framer. That's a framer. You guys need t-shirts that say that. You guys need mugs. Like our friendship is tax deductible. Like you need t-shirts and mugs. You got to take that on the road. That's hysterical. That needs to be Flourish Law Group's motto. I love that. So talk to me about Flourish Law Group. Talk to me about this partnership. Who do you guys serve and what is your mission? So we serve mostly families, families with young children, business owners, or high earners. That's really our main jam. Usually those clients, their parents hire us too because we do a really good job. And then our clients are typically like, oh gosh, I don't want to have to go through a probate when my parent, you know, passes away many, many years from now. Let's get you involved in, you know, the whole family. Um, So those are really our main clients. We love working with parents. We love explaining and educating, you know, the benefits of estate planning naming guardians for minor children, trust planning, creating generational wealth. We do have some higher net worth clients too, where we do tax planning, but my, my favorite client is, is a good, is a family, families, kids. Yeah. And so our family is almost a year old and we're a boutique firm. We have two offices and one in Fort Lauderdale, one in St. Pete, but most of our clients, we just talk to virtually and it's great. It's the best decision that I've ever made in my life, honestly. Well, first of all, I love that it's called Flourish because it's flourishing. And I absolutely love that you made this decision and it was just, I can tell just, you are you guys are listening to this, but I can see Lauren's face and I can just tell like you were so ready to do this. And it was almost just like palms open to the universe, like bring it, I'm doing it. I'm just open to receive whatever this is. And it's like, you have work that you don't even know what to do with, right? Like, it's like you brought on a partner. Now your friendship is flourishing. I just think it's not an accident that that's the name of your firm. And that's exactly what has happened in 2023. You want to know something funny, Erin? When I, 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 I was the one that came up with the name. I was so nervous to name it Flourish. I was like, it's fluffy. It's, it's not you know, Klein and Landon, you know, like most firms, that's my, my partner's Kristen Landon. I was like, are people going to judge it? Are they going to not take us seriously? Which is hilarious. Like imposter syndrome. Hello. I've been practicing for 12 years. I have a tax LLM and I've worked with like the wealthiest families in the world. I'm like, of course people are going to respect it, but it was really scary for me. And, and then we've gotten so much great feedback. I'm like, gotta trust your intuition, you know? And I, 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 this lesson is so important and I keep learning it and then having to relearn it. Got to trust that gut because your gut is going to lead you in the right direction. But I fought it. Our mind is not our friend. Our, like our mind is not our friend. Our thoughts are not our friend. Sometimes, I mean, they can talk you out of the most brilliant idea you've ever had if you let them. Yeah. Yeah. I, it took me years to get comfortable with the idea of starting my own firm took a lot of life coaching, a lot of therapy to get to the point to feel good about it. And once it was great though, because once I launched the firm, I was ready. They're like, are you nervous? You have two children. You're the primary breadwinner in your family. My husband's in law enforcement. I'm like, no, no, I'm not really nervous. No, no, Uh, it's happening. It's happening. I've already kind of worked through a lot of the negative emotions, not to say that there haven't been scary moments, you know, this summer was really quiet for us. We're like, "Uh Oh, what happened? You know, cause we got really busy in the beginning and then it quieted down and we realized most of our clients have children, their children are out of school, you know? So right. things are cyclical. Like when you look at the makeup of your yeah. clients and then you yeah. look at the cycle of their life, then it actually 
makes sense. So yeah. I'd love to ask you, what were some of those mindset shifts? Because I know you talk a lot about money abundance, financial abundance. I mean, you have a podcast called the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad. So talk to us about some of those mindset shifts that you had to make for, for you to be able to go out on your own. And then, and what are some of these things that you then teach um, either on the podcast or through your clients about financial abundance and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, one of the biggest mindset shifts that I went through, and I, I see this in my with my law student coaching clients too, just not having the confidence in doing whatever it is you want to do. So it, one of my biggest mindset hurdles was that I didn't feel worthy of owning my own law firm. You know, I really felt like, oh, but I need more experience or, oh, I need to save more money or I need to do this and that. And then I got to a point where I'm like, I don't know how much more experience I, I could get. You know what I mean? Like after 12 years, like what else? I'm not that I never, I learn new things every day, but it got to the point where I'm like, this is a story I'm telling myself. This is an excuse. It's not, you know, it's, it's not like it's written in the stars that you have to practice for like 25 years before you can start your own firm. That was one of the biggest things that I had to get over was just the stories I was telling myself. And like you said, Aaron. Our thoughts are not necessarily our friend. Our brain is not always, our brain is trying to protect us. Our brain is just a computer that's trying to keep us safe. That's just, and that's fine. That's good. That's part of being a human. But it doesn't mean that you have to take everything that your brain says just as absolute truth. So that was my biggest thing. Just feeling like I was, I had the ability, the skills, you know, to do it. And then there was the money piece, you know, okay, I'm used to making this big law firm salary and getting a paycheck every two weeks. And I knew that, you know, the first year of business, it's probably not likely that I'm going to hit that salary. And we didn't, you know, we had a lot of expenses, startup costs, we had slow seasons, we had busy seasons, we're, we're hiring. So that's been another big mindset shift. But I think because of the work that I've done of just living from an abundant perspective and knowing that the money is always coming. There's always money, energy, money is just energy and it's coming our way. We're putting in, we're, we're planting the seeds. The seeds are now flourishing. That feels cheesy to say. <laughs> the sprouting, this, it's all happening. And so other than the moments when I'm like, Ooh, this is a little scary. We're not making that consistent salary. Other than those moments, I feel really good. I'm living in that, you know, that energy of it's coming. The clients are coming, the clients are paying. And just having done that work, it's like a muscle. It's like when you first go to the gym and you feel weak and you're like, oh, this is really hard. It's the same thing with your mind. The more that you do this work and the more that you kind of can process the stories that we tell ourselves and say, hold on, let's take a step back. Is that true? Do I like what I'm thinking? Do I want to change it? What do I want to replace it with? It, it becomes a lot easier. And so I've, I've been able to exercise that muscle a lot this year and have that, you know, that journey of the highs and lows of entrepreneurship where you feel like a genius, you know, one minute and a total idiot the next. <laughs> well, that's true. I read something the other day. It's like entrepreneurship is this crazy kind of insanity. It's like, even when you're like taking losses, you're losing money, everyone's saying no, you're drowning in debt. You're like, still, it's like the ride and you're on it and you're so excited for it. I'm like, it's a special kind of lunacy. I mean, it really is. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I would not have it any other way. But I think also what I want to point out about what you just said and these small mindset shifts over time and sitting in that discomfort and choosing again, choosing that thought again, what it does is builds confidence. Also, you are building your confidence muscle, your ability, in other words, to withstand uncomfortable longer, because if you're going to grow and you're going to level up, 
you're going to be hella uncomfortable. Like it's, you got to be a beginner. You've never owned a law firm before. Never. You practice law for 12 years. You know how to do that really well, but you've never owned a law firm before. So you're a beginner at being a law firm owner. Okay. So what does that mean? That means I'm going to have to sit in a lot of uncomfortable shit this year and figure it out. But what that's done is give you wicked confidence that it doesn't matter that you can figure it out. Right. Like that is what has happened. And I just want everyone who's hearing this to just know, like, if you just take the first step, if you just go, the next step will reveal itself. It may not be the forever step. It's just going to be the next best one. And that's okay too. But you have to build up the muscle to and build up the confidence or you're just going to stay stuck on the hamster wheel. Yeah, no, it's true. It's so true. It's, it's all, it, it all works. It really does. I tell clients, you know, most of my, my law students are like, I just want good grades and I just want to get a good job. And I'm like, those are great goals. Let's, let's figure out why you want those goals and what that actually even means. But how are we going to get there? And how are we going to feel when we do get there? Are you going to feel good? Or are you going to feel totally burnt out and realize you ended up somewhere you didn't even care to be? So the mindset piece is important. And then taking the practical inspired action. So for Basically, every year that I was in big law, I took a good chunk of my salary, about half or more every year, and we were investing in real estate. And I was like, okay, so when I start this firm, we're going to have passive income already coming in. So for those months, you know, that the summer months, I didn't even know we're going to be slow. You know, we weren't totally shit out of luck. Like we had a plan. We had something coming in. You know, and I can always at least think back, okay, we've got, we've got these assets that are working for us, even if the clients aren't signing up this month as much as they were last month. And so it's, it's the mindset and it's the practical steps and knowing that it's whatever you want is, is available to you. It's possible. There's something about law school and the practice of law that makes us think so, you know, so it's like we have small. these blinders on small where you're like, oh, I have to do this. And if I don't do that, then I have somehow failed. And there's only one way. And it's it's so funny because when you really take a step back or you start talking to people who are not attorneys, you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't even make sense. This isn't even logical. It really isn't. But this thought process is pervasive throughout the law. Like this is, we get ourselves here. Like they are literally indoctrinated. It's like an indoctrination of this mindset and this narrative. And it's almost like you just got to like talk to a Lauren, talk to an Aaron and say like, okay, I'm not alone. I, this, there is a different and better way and it's available to you as well. So I love that you coach law students. I, can you talk to me a little bit about that? I would love to know your work with law students because I think it's so important. I actually just did a CLE this week and taught and looking at the stats of anxiety, depression, self-harming thoughts, all of these things that are happening with law students before they even enter the practice of law. It was very alarming, but I mean, we know that to be the reality, but to see the numbers was a little alarming. So I would love for you to talk about your work with law students because that's so important. And I wish I'd had a Lauren. (laughs) I wish I would have had a Lauren. I didn't know that any of this was available to me. I had no idea. I went into law school, first generation law student, attorney, no idea what I was doing. I figured whatever they were telling me had to be true because they were a law school. Um, And I, the way that this all came about in my coaching program for, for law students was even born was I, I started doing this work for myself few years go by, pandemic hits, I'm sitting in my office, my home office working, 
many, many hours pregnant, listening to a lot of different life coaches because I was just trying to keep myself in a good, healthy space while billing 12 hours a day pregnant with the world going insane, you know? And so I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I had this crazy thought. I'm like, wait a minute, why don't we have this in the law? You know, and I, I mean, I, it's amazing, Erin, that you are doing this work, that you have this podcast because we need this. We need this just to have these discussions and just for people to know that this is possible. And so I started thinking, why don't we have this in law school? You know, we, we hear the stats. And at that point, the stats were getting worse because students were home and they were trying to figure out law school from their computer and Zoom. And we, we see how bad it is. That CLE sounds like very enlightening, sad, but it, we need to know the facts, even if the facts are bad. And so I just thought, why don't, why don't I do something like this? This work has been transformative for me as a human and as an attorney. What if I would have had this in law school? You know, because those three years, they go by quick and they go by slow at the same time. And you think, I just have to white knuckle my way through this and I'll be okay. But the problem is we then carry those bad habits and those toxic traits and that toxic way of thinking into our practice. And the stats aren't much better in the legal field either. So that's where the idea was born. And I started talking to more people. And I was like, why don't we get this community going for women law students? So I created a coaching program with multiple modules ranging from overcoming imposter syndrome to morning routine to vision boards for law students. Like there's so much in there. There's a lot about money in there and abundance and practical steps with money, budgeting in law school. It's all mindset and money. Those are my two absolute favorite things to talk about. And I weave it into my law practice too, which is, is fun. So I'm working with these parents and I'm like, let's talk about money mindset for your kids. And they're like, oh, okay. But that's it's so that's- good though, Lauren. It's so good. because I'm, I don't even want like, I'm going to get you back there, but it's so good because I think attorneys of, uh, there's so much, we have a thing with money. Like we have money mindset issues. Like it is, it's, we make a lot of money, but sometimes then we feel like we don't know a lot about money. So then we feel really insecure and shame about money. It's like a whole thing. So, I mean, I am so glad that this is the work that you were doing and that you're spilling it over into parents and then their kids. Cause God knows I didn't get this lesson either. (laughs) Yeah, No, I, I definitely did not. And the, the thing that really kind of shook me was when I was at the big firm and I was talking to these partners and getting to know them and I had one partner say to me, because someone else had retired early, they had family money or something. He's like, I wish I could do that. That must be nice. And I'm thinking, wait, you've been practicing for 20 plus years, making a lot of money every single year. You you definitely could have done that. You can do that now. Maybe you've created this inflated lifestyle that has makes you think you can't do it, or maybe just your brain is telling you you can't. So I thought to myself, because I didn't come from a lot of money, so I'm sitting here amazed at what I was making, knowing he was making far more, and he still didn't feel good about his money. He still didn't feel wealthy or abundant. I'm like, this is a mindset thing, because it's not a dollar amount thing. He's making a lot of money. And that was a very pivotal moment in my life where I'm like, it's not about the money. It's about the way we look at the money. Yeah, And it's so good that you are talking to these law students while they are babies in law school before they take that poor money mindset into the practice of law. Yeah. The poor money mindset and the just ignoring. So not looking at their student loan debt, not making a budget, you know, every semester. What do I actually need to take out? Do I need to take out the full amount? Like you're going to have to pay that back with interest. You know that, right? And that's, 
I mean, that's fine. I always, this is another thing I, I tell my coaching clients, my coaching in, in the law school blueprint, debt is not bad. We've created this scary, you know, monster that law school debt is this negative thing. And there's a lot of negativity around it. Yes, law schools have become insanely expensive. Yes, that's an issue. But debt is not bad. Debt, debt is neutral. It's not good or bad. It's how we think about it and what we do about it that really matters. So you could just beat yourself up for taking out all this debt. It's okay. It's just a decision to invest in yourself. But you can be mindful about it while you're in law school and aware of what you're taking out and what you'll have to pay back and not putting your head in the sand like I did. You know, I was like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. And that's, that's insane too. Like you can't do that. So that's a big part of what we talk about. And then the abundance part too. Like, listen, money can come from many sources. Yes, your law career can be an amazing revenue generator for you. It's not the only way. There's other ways to make money. And there's even multiple ways within the practice of law to make money as well. You know, and I really, I also tell my students, like, get a community. So that's why podcasts like this are so important. Listen to others who are having an abundant mindset and are doing things differently and approaching things differently because the more you listen to it, the more it just becomes normalized. And you start to realize that maybe the negative talk is is just a story. It's not truth. And it's so interesting that you put out that you point out community. I, this is the hill that I'm going to die on for 2024. All of your problems in life and business can literally be solved in community. Yep. Imposter syndrome, inconsistency, fear, the how, your every answer, the answer to every single question that you have in your life and your business, something that's hard right now is literally one question, one contact away from you. That's it. Yep. And you can touch it. It's so close to you. I mean, I am serious. I like if 2023 has taught me anything, it is that you can literally be transformed in community. Whatever it is you need in your life right now, wherever you are, law school, young associate, 20 years in, find community, but you have to go out and intentionally seek it. That is the caveat to community. It's not going to come knock on your door. They don't, they're, you're not going to find them at the bar. Like they're not there there. You've got to intentionally go out and seek them, whether that's in a podcast and it's in your, in your ear, whether that's in a volunteer organization, whether wherever that is in your community, those people exist. You have to go out and find them and it will completely change your life. I'm, I'm just saying it. <laughs> I'm just like, no, down the hill. <laughs> one, one million percent. I mean, and there's so many different kinds of communities, you know, even just this year, different <laughs> Different groups I've joined have been just so, just a support and so helpful. There's the one group I've joined in South Florida. It's only for South Florida businesswomen. It's one of the great, and it's mostly non-attorneys. And some of it is, you know, business generating. And some of it is just me needing other entrepreneurs around me to just say, hey, is this normal? <laughs> is, the, is the way of this yeah. normal? Or just kind of, you know, we have business meetings every month and we cry. Like we literally cry. I've never cried in a, in a business setting before. And it's so nice to do it in a way that's like, everyone feels good and everyone feels amazing after and we feel closer and we feel like we're just being, I want to come cry with you guys. I need uh, that on a monthly basis. Uh, I was having a good cry by myself the other day. I need to be in y'all's group. <laughs> I'm not even a crier. And I cry at these beings. I'm like, Oh my God, what is happening? But it's, it's everything. It's an, in law school, in your law practice, if you're a new mom, whatever it is, finding that community and finding a community that's positive and going to support yep. you 
it, it, it really, it, it can change the entire direction of your life, the way you see yourself, the way you practice law or whatever it is you do. It's yeah, I agree. I agree. We're in the it's same the best. boat. Like I will, it, it's just, this podcast is community for me. And I'm sure you feel the same way about your podcast. It's community. Like that's just a different form of community because I'm getting to meet all of these badass powerhouse lawyers. And I mean, we just get to chat and then share it with the world. So other women and other lawyers don't think they're alone. I mean, how fun and awesome is that? I mean, that's the best kind of community. You just got to go out and find them. I know it's, it's so true. When I was toying with the idea of starting the firm, I just tried to surround myself and I didn't have your podcast yet. I wish I had because it would have been really, really on point with what I was trying to flood my brain with, but just watching other people building their own, you know, path and doing their own thing and having that community. And that's, that's what helped me. I was watching other people. I'm like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, and it's, it's, you got to do the work yourself, but you also just look for evidence of other people doing it. If you think you can. Gosh, that's so, so true. So Lauren, if people want to work with you or they want to hang out with you or form community with you or listen to your podcast, where can they find you? This has been such an amazing conversation. And I just think it's so apt in 2024 when we are talking, we've got a fresh year and a fresh slate. It's so important to hear this money abundance and that you can literally choose differently every single day and create the life that you want. Yeah. Well, if anyone wants to connect with my law firm, we're Flourish Law Group, flourishlawgroup.com. I'm really active on Instagram at Lawyer Lauren Klein. And then our coaching program, the Law School Blueprint for Her, is on my website, laurenalexiskline.com. And they can follow us on the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad on Instagram. And the podcast is the Wealthy Future Lawyer Squad podcast. You can find it on anywhere podcasts are commonly listened to or watched. We're on YouTube as well. It's so good. She shoots in a live studio. It, they're like very professional and fun. We're just over here on video, but they have their like live oh, studio. It's very it. awesome. I, it's so and fun. By the way, the studio is owned by an attorney, an IP attorney. You can't get away from us. You no. just, you can't get away from us. But again, how ironic that the studio is owned by an attorney, somebody who's doing something else, additional source of income, passive income. Well, I should just note that at the end of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, passive income will ding for that. Okay. Before I let you go, I would love to know your legally blonde moment. I, would you share one with the listeners? <laughs> so I don't know if this is typically the type of legally blonde moment, but uh, I'll take it back to law school. And it's not necessarily a silly moment, but it's it was very cute. So I was in legal right, research and writing one L year. And the professor was like, hey, I have two papers up here that were the best papers. And I'm going to call you out after class and I want to talk to you. And, you know, this is really great. So one of them ended up being mine. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And then the other was another blonde sorority girl in the class, the only two blonde sorority girls in the entire class. And we're looking at each other like, wait a minute, we're the smart ones? <laughs> Who knew? And we became instant friends. We're still friends to this day. So I don't know if that's like the typical legally blonde moment. That is, that's such an Elle Woods moment. 
like we were in the movie. We're like, this is this is really legally blonde in real life, and we're still no, it is. Y'all were seriously L Woods. I mean, that's it. That movie came out when I was in law school, and I was very blonde at the time too. And so it was, and I fell out of con- I fell out of my chair the first day of contracts. So um, I did not. I actually sold myself as. Elle Woods, the former, <laughs> before she got her shit together in law school. <laughs> I got locked out of class once. That was fun. I I forgot there was a rule. This is a crazy rule. You weren't allowed to go to the bathroom during class. I completely forgot about it. Where he had said it, the professor had said it the first semester, second semester. I forgot. I don't know. I I had to go to the bathroom every two seconds before kids. I don't want to talk about it now. It's crazy. But I got locked out of class and the the class stood up for me. They're like, you did not say the rule this semester. We all forgot about it. Let her back in. This is insane. And that was contract stuff. And they stood up for me and he let me back in. But I thought, this is very strange. But that is just, <laughs> that was just one more thing world. that just makes you scratch your head. Like, why? Like, why, why is that necessary? Why can't I go to the bathroom? What does like, she want me to do? It just, it's like I hiked two miles in the snow, so so should you. Like, it's just some dumb rule that like he probably had in law school. So he just did the same thing to y'all. It just makes no sense. Wild. Wild. Oh, the law. Oh, the law. We love you, but we're confused by you a lot. A lot, a lot. Confused constantly. Oh my goodness. Lauren, this has been such a fun conversation. Thank you so much for making the time for this podcast and just sharing your journey with our listeners. And I know that they're going to get so much value out of this. So I just appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Erin. I had so much fun. This was awesome. Thank you so much for listening into the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you catch your podcasts. If you loved this episode, I would be so honored if you left a review. And because I know you are the type of woman who wants to see other women win, be sure to share this episode with someone who needs it. By sharing it, you are empowering a fellow sister in the law to know that she is not alone, that there is nothing wrong with her, and that she can build a life and career that she loves. Thank you. See you next week. Hey, Powerhouse. As a dedicated listener to this podcast, I have curated a special place just for you. It's called the Powerhouse Lawyers Facebook group. You can head on over to the show notes, click on the link and join our community. This Facebook group is for listeners of the show, attorneys, no matter where you are in your practice, maybe you're a law student, or maybe you're just someone fascinated by the legal profession. This Facebook group is for you. This is a community that is going to engage in discussions on episodes. You'll get special exclusives. There's valuable networking opportunities. I'll be providing some educational content. And above all, you'll get a strong, supportive community and support system. So click on the link in the show notes below to join the Powerhouse Lawyers Facebook community where community, knowledge, passion, and collaboration thrive. Again, head on over to the show notes to click on the link to join the Facebook group for the Powerhouse Lawyers podcast. Thanks so much. See you guys there.